0: And hello, everybody. Welcome to Narrative Live on a Tuesday evening. It's so good to be with you tonight. I'm all alone. No Heidi Kuda. Uh, Heidi's been with us for the last few weeks uh, helping produce the show. She's gone off to do some other projects, so we won't be having her on the show as regularly, but she'll be back and she'll be in the chat. And I hope you'll uh, give me a little uh, room tonight to make some mistakes because I've got no one to talk to. Except maybe Richard or Hader, who's going to be joining us in just a second. In fact, let me say hi to Richard right now because I'm going to make sure that it all works out. Hi, Richard. How are you?
1: Hey, what's going on? Can you hear me?
0: I can hear you, and I'm thrilled that you. I can hear you because. Can you hear me? Yes. Way? Ah, awesome. So this is good because it's a good start. You just jumped on. I had a chance to say uh, hello to you before. You've got a few minutes. I'm going to just do the news and then we'll come back and talk to you about all the other interesting things that we've got to talk about in the news today as well. But also, I really want to get your take on what it's like in the middle of the country. You know, we on the coasts like to think that we're all of America, but there is something that happens in those big red swath that's in the middle of the country that we're all, you know, we're, we need to know more about because it's a very important country. And we hope to get a good handle from you on what we can do to help help uh, swing many of those uh, districts left um, and into the, the Democratic column as we head into the next election. So that's coming up. Um, Richard, we'll be right after we do the starting block, which is our little news block. And we do it this way. Richard, why don't you tell me how you're doing anyhow while we, when I figure this out? How's, how's life?
1: I'm doing, doing quite well, you know, staying busy as always, trying mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, break ground in North Carolina. So, uh, you know, I'm always busy.
0: Yeah, you are always busy, and you've got a group of candidates you're working with this year as you're trying to push them across the the finish line. There, who's who's yeah. your favorite?
1: Well, you know, uh, we like all of our candidates. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Val Dimmings taking on Mark Rubio. You know, Tim Ryan is phenomenal. Marcus Flowers is absolutely phenomenal, working his butt off. You know, uh, we got a new guy that is uh, taking on Madison Cawthorn. Uh, oh yeah, we who's, got that? A guy, who's that? Uh, Rimeard.
0: Uh, yeah, 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 he's great. I we had yeah. he was we had him on the show. He's terrific.. Yeah. Uh-
1: yeah, he's well, taking on Madison Cawthorn. We got uh, Amato who's taken on uh, Kevin McCarthy. So, uh, you know, we, we're going after Ken Buck. And, of course, we're looking for somebody to go after Lauren Boebert as well. We want to go after all these jackaloons.
0: You know what? I'm going to actually have you stick around because all of this stuff actually leads into what is in the news. So I'm going to, as we just quickly change some things here, I'm going to show you some of the stuff that's in our news. Our top starting block stories today featured uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Prince Andrew, and also this. Princess from Japan. We'll tell you all about her in a second. But the lead story today was really of this. It came from the January 6th insurrection and this is Scott McFarlane's terrific reporting on everything to do with the Jan 6 arrest. The flash he had earlier on today said the judge has released a high-level Jan 6 defendant, Thomas Civic, from pre-trial jail, expressing concern about a toxic environment in the DC. jail and questioning if Jan six defendants should be held together in a segregated unit, known there I think, as the patriot wing. Civic has pleaded not guilty, accused of taking police badge. Now it wasn't just anyone's police badge; it was I think it was the Office of Fanon's badge that he took it after beating him up a little bit, so it's quite serious stuff that he's, this is, uh, you know he's going to be released. What do you make of that? I think it's a sounds like a good decision. It sounds like they shouldn't be in those quarters all by themselves. They probably are radicalizing themselves.
1: Uh, I mean, they may be, you know, at the end of the day, it might also be something where they worry about his safety, because Mm -hmm. once again, you know, uh, if he's, you know, the guy who who snatched. Fanon's badge and, and tased him a couple of times and, and beat on him, that might be something where they're, they're just trying to make sure that they want to keep these people as safe as possible and maybe not catching you know, a lot of flack. I mean, at the end of the day, I think they all need to go down for what they did. I'm not really happy about some of these sentences that we're seeing where really like, you know, six months or something like that. I believe that each and every one of them people tried to attack our democracy. And there needs to be severe repercussions, because if all you do is give people slaps on the wrist, well, we'll see this again.
0: Mm Absolutely. Absolutely. Also new this week is this edition caucus. Here's seven of the 12 congressmen who apparently were in regular contact with the organizers of Jan 6. We think that the leak, the new information is coming from Ali Alexander, the organizer of the Jan 6 event in a Rolling Stone article. There are no surprises here. I mean, we sort of knew these guys were involved. Now they're all sort of denying that they were involved. But we know what happened, and I'm sure the FBI knows what happens. I mean, they've got all that communication. They've got all that information. It's not like this is going to be hard for them to prove.
1: Well, you know, at the end of the day, there needs to be severe repercussions for what these people did. Mm -hmm. You know, if it was 1777, they would have already been frigging tried for treason and probably hung for somebody like Andy Biggs to basically tell everybody that they will get a blanket pardon. Who can provide a pardon The members of Congress can't? That's mm-hmm. the president. And so what they were basically saying is, is you do whatever you got to do. And if we're successful, you'll get a blanket part and everybody will be okay. I really believe with all of my heart that they actually wanted. I think that they thought that when everybody went towards the Capitol and they had their blue lives matter flags, I believe that in their minds, they thought that the police in the Capitol were going to say, Hey guys, come on in instead of fight them. Wow. And I believe that they thought that they were going to storm on in there. And I really believe that some people like Trump and them thought that we were going to see executions on the house floor mm-hmm. so that then they could basically call for you know uh, martial law, refuse to step down. And I'll be honest with you, that wouldn't surprise me if Donald Trump wouldn't have then called the military to go in there and absolutely just eradicate every one of the people that they sent to storm the Capitol to keep everybody from talking. I mean, I
0: I think you're right. I think it's exactly the scenario they were planning. I think it's exactly what they were trying to do. They, you know, he was willing to not only send in his own followers to do this dirty work, but then he was also okay with the military coming in afterwards and killing them. I mean, it really is astonishing.
1: Yeah. And these people don't even realize that, you know, they Mm. don't realize that Donald Trump and these people cultivated these folks to come Mm. to Washington, DC. They told them that they would be with them. Let's march down to the Capitol. You know, Donald Trump aimed them towards the Capitol and he squeezed the trigger and then him and his family. Family went the other way and they watched everything take place. We know people that were inside the Oval Office. Uh, Donald Trump was watching everything on television with a smile on his face. You know, they were enjoying what Mm -hmm. was going on. And I will tell you that each and every one of these people need to be absolutely removed from Congress and they need to be prosecuted. You know, they participated in a coup. And that's exactly Mm -hmm. what this was. And thank God it was a failed coup.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, these guys on the floor as well, who are the uh, you know, representative. you're not allowed to be a congressman if you don't believe in democracy, if you don't believe in the constitution. I mean, your whole job is to uphold the constitution. Certainly, you're not allowed to be a congressman if you're inciting a rebellion. And that's what these guys basically did. A total rebellion, a total coup, an attempt to overthrow the government and disregard the will of the people. There could be nothing more American and, you know, and frankly, treasonous that you can do. And these guys are still sitting there. It's kind of amazing.
1: And this is one of the things, you know, Donald Trump was able to tap in to the poorly educated in this country. Mm -hmm. And people like Marjorie Trainwreck Green Mm -hmm. were able to be successful in their campaign just because they supported Donald Trump. You know, when I ran for Congress in 2018, I ran in an R plus 54 district. You know, it was almost impossible. Everybody said it couldn't happen. But at one point we were actually ahead. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I ran against a woman who did no campaigning. She did not answer any questions. She didn't go around and meet the people. And I lost because she looked into the camera and said, I'll do whatever Donald Trump wants. And that was all the people in West Virginia needed to say we're going to support Carol Miller. And Mm -hmm. in the last three years, she's done nothing. But once again, it doesn't matter because it was all about who supports Donald Trump. And right. that is a scary place to be. And it could still be that way in 2022.
0: It feels like we're still in the same place. And, you know, Richard, I'm going to discuss your, your career in depth because you have such an interesting career. And your story in politics is fascinating. That's going to come up as we go through this hour. But, um, you know, I think you're absolutely right. As we look ahead to next year and, and to 24. Allegiance to Donald Trump, you know, still gets you elected, or at least gets you the candidacy for the Republican Party. It's it's quite shocking. Also, new today from the Rolling Stones, who've had quite a role on this week, is that forty Oath Keepers were using government credentials when they joined up for the Oath Keepers. In other words, you know, .gov or um, .I don't know what the military ones are, but like .NASA, all of these other ones that they might use to apply for the Oath Keepers. On their government credentials some serving military people i mean what's your take on this you're a former major a retired major in the uh in the u.s army so you've got a sense of of what your oath is to the country does it square away with joining a militia group like the oath keepers
1: No, absolutely not. And you know what? Let's go ahead. Let's locate these 40 people and let's deal with these 40 folks. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. let's make sure that we send a message that this is something that is not going to be tolerated. The Oath Keepers, the three percenters, you know, these white nationalists, the KKK, Mm -hmm. you know, these are absolute problems that we have in this country and we need to deal with these people. It is amazing how now all of a sudden being racist is now come to the forefront Mm -hmm. and these people don't even hide that stuff anymore
0: no they don't when the dust is settled on this oath keepers we're going to find out i believe that you know it's connected to rand and ron paul's uh stewart rhodes is the guy who wrote who started the company but uh, started the uh, organization but he worked for rand paul and we know rand paul and ron paul are paid for by the russians we know how close they are to russia we know how many times they've taken trips to moscow you know these 40 people who are supposedly have pledged their allegiance to the American Constitution have actually possibly been taking orders from the Russians. I mean, this is really, really dangerous stuff.
1: Well, this is stuff that needs to be absolutely investigated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we, it looks like we've got quite a few people in our government that obviously should not be there. You know, they don't believe in our democracy. They are completely supportive of a downfall of our democracy. And we need to find them. We need to remove them all. And we got to make sure that they don't get protected in this. I'm sick and tired of watching people in our government do things and get away with it. We know for a fact that Loeffler and Purdue, both senators from Georgia, participated in insider trading. They're no longer members of the Senate. But right. yet they have never been held accountable for that. You know, right. we have to make sure that you know our elected officials, nobody is above the law. And right now we're watching, and everybody needs to be watching to make sure that nobody is above the law. We got to make sure that these people that participated in this coup, we gotta make sure that they are held accountable, not just expelled from Congress, but they need to also face justice.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, they do. A couple of other stories in the news that take us off this track, but we're going to come back to this in a little bit later on. Uh, the first one is an interesting story, and I'm not sure how you follow this uh, Epstein saga or whatever you might call it. I, I follow it a lot, but uh, it seems that Prince Andrew has been given a deadline to face questions in the Virginia Giffrey case. So this is the case of one of Epstein's abusers who has has accused Prince Andrew of abusing her, of assaulting her. The Duke must make himself available by July 14th in the United States and that's uh, to testify in front of the court to talk about what happened to her during that sexual abuse. So that's interesting. It's a long time away, July 14th. It's not around the corner, but it is coming. This follows news last week that the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, this is Ghislaine Maxwell, of course, is Epstein's partner in crime, I, su- I suppose, is how you would call her. She is now scheduled to start her trial on November the 29th, which means jury selection is, will be between uh, November 16th and 19th. We expect that that will all be available on public access. and It will be video streamed to people. At least the jury selection piece of it will be. This is going to be a fascinating trial. I mean, I'm completely tuned into everything that has with Ghislaine Maxwell and Epstein, but there's a lot going on here. What do you think of this, Richard.
1: It absolutely needs to come out. Mm -hmm. You know, this was nothing more than the Billionaire Boys Club. We Mm -hmm. know exactly what they did at this island. And you know what? I don't care who they are. I don't care what party they were. There was a lot of people that were abused, sexually assaulted, raped on this island. And everybody needs to be, you know, if they participated in it, they need to be exposed and they need to be prosecuted. And these young girls that were preyed upon, you know, they deserve to have their day in court. Obviously I believe that the country of London has already said that they're not going to do any intervening or anything like that. So it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't show up in the United States of America.
0: But, well uh, it would okay. be pretty weird if he doesn't i mean he really has to but he's he is of course the queen's son so right, he's right. above the law in some regards and he's hiding out in belmoral right now so he doesn't have to be you know when this charge is pending and you're the queen's family she can protect you by putting her in any of her castles and then no one can come in and arrest well, you so
1: we know what happened there and uh Ghislaine maxwell you know let's also hear what she's got to say about these things you know i don't know does she think that she's pretty much going to be thrown in a prison and they're going to lock her up and throw away the key? Which I think she's probably- she's
0: really fearing the real case. I mean, I feel that you know they're they're throwing the book at her and she's got a big defense to put up and it's uh, not going to be an easy one because we all know. Vaguely know what she's did. It's interesting as well that Leon Black, the billionaire associated with both Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine, Apollo Investments is his company, he's also now being invested by the Manhattan DA for uh, all sorts of allegations that were made against him by a Russian model. So, you know, you've got the sense of all these billionaires and multimillionaires running around, ignoring the law raping, you know, young women using that material for some blackmail that appears. It's all tied in with intelligence services. It's quite gross what we're about to find out in this case. But I think it's absolutely necessary, as you point out, that we do find out because I want to know who the network is. You know, we're engaged in all this sort of blackmail and all this sort of corrupt um, involving all these teenage girls because, you know, it wasn't just the teenage girls. It was the use of that blackmail material to get these politicians, to get these billionaires to do things for them. So it's a much bigger picture than than just the girls even though the girls are devastating as it is and let's end on a happy note love triumphs in japan princess mako she is no longer a princess in the royal house because she married her childhood sweetheart which is really sweet so she loses her um her rights to uh, everything royal but she finds love and she gets to live with her husband for all her life isn't that nice richard
1: i mean you know if that's i mean obviously uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the best path for her. And, and that's where it should be.
0: It, it should be. I mean, she's had a really hard time as they've been struggling to figure out, uh, you know, how she could be with her man. And then finally they came to this conclusion. So I'm glad they did. And it's just a nice way to end the news today. So when we come back, Richard Ojeda, am I saying it correctly? Close. Yeah,
1: that works. Ojeda's oh, hey, fine.
0: Okay. Well, we'll talk to you about your incredible career in the military. We're going to talk about your time in running in politics and what you're doing now to help Democrats get elected and how we can help in making the red states turn blue as we head into the next election. We'll be right back after this break. Thank you for supporting Narrative and we're welcoming a brand new friend to the Narrative community tonight. Welcome, Mac Weldon. Times have changed. The way we work has changed. And now, thankfully, your wardrobe is catching up with the times. If you, like me, spend too much time staring at the clothes inside your wardrobe thinking, what should I wear? Now you can just embrace the radically efficient Mac Weldon Daily Wear system. The Daily Wear system is a selection of clothes rooted in smart design, made with performance fabrics, and built to work together. From breathable t-shirts and polos to stylish button-ups and shorts, underwear, and beyond, Mac Weldon makes it easy for you to dress for work, leisure, and play, or wherever your work takes you. I love that all these clothes just match. You don't have to think very hard about what goes with what. It just all happens because it's a daily wear system. I'm particularly excited about the Ace Sweatshorts. They have modern tailoring and pair perfectly with their ultra-soft, ultra-upgraded Pima Tees. And if you travel on weekends or wherever you might travel, the Silver Knit Polos and Radius Shorts are the perfect high-tech, highly packable combo. All of these, of course, are available in longer sleeves as well. Buy some time this fall with Mack Weldon Daily Wear System. For 20% off your first order, visit macweldoncom narrative and enter promo code narrative. That's N-A-R-A-T-I-V, the way we spell narrative. That's Mack weldon.com slash narrative promo code narrative spelled n-a-r-a-t-i-v for 20% off mac radically efficient wardrobing back now with richard ojeda on narrative richard you know you've had such an incredibly interesting career and the story that really strikes me as being the most you know that really strikes you and strikes me is the uh is the story of what happened in 2018. You were running in a congressional election, right? You were running against this Caroline Miller. Is that her name that you just mentioned from the earlier on? Really? Yeah, and just before the elections happened, there was a story about you, and this is how I first heard about you. You were beaten up at a political event.
1: No, actually, that was in 2016 when I was running
0: Okay, for sorry, state sorry, okay, okay, sorry. That was in state I, senator.
1: I was running for state senator, and uh, a guy that I grew up with, basically somebody paid him, and uh, he asked me for some bumper stickers. So I went to get a bumper sticker. And he said, could you put it on the back of my vehicle? So I did. Mm-hmm. And as I went walking back to the event, he said, Hey, can you put one on the front of my vehicle so people can see my vehicle coming and going? So I went to the front, leaned down and was make sure it was nice and level. And he hit me in the back of the head with the pipe and then rolled me over when I was unconscious and with brass knuckles, he broke eight bones in my face. And if it wasn't for a guy who walked around the corner and saw this taking place and started yelling, then he would have basically just beat me to death and rolled me in the ditch and went away. There, It wasn't a fight because mm. I had no idea. I, right. just, I, I kneeled down to put on a bumper sticker. And the next thing you know, I opened my eyes and everybody's around me saying, don't move the ambulances on the way.
0: And do you think this was a personal based attack or do you think it was politically based?
1: Oh, it was absolutely politically based. The person mm-hmm. that I ran against had ran my hometown like it with an iron fist. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, I can't say he did it, but the people that wanted him to win were absolutely behind it. The courthouse was behind it. The guy who did it, believe it or not, he just overdosed and died three Mm. days ago. Oh no! Uh, But you know, I mean, at the end of the day, he didn't have to serve any real jail time. He didn't even do five months in jail for what he did to me. Uh, And he was supposed to go to prison, but the local courthouse didn't do what the judge had said. So, you know, he was basically sent to a non-violent facility for four months and then let out. You know, I mean, that's what they do.
0: And this gives you a sense of how local politics is like in the middle of the country. I mean, there's anywhere, really. Local politics can get very down and dirty and can be very controlled by very few interests, right? I mean, there's lots of, in many centers, just, you know, there's one or two industries in town. And those industries tend to have, you know, the money to control a lot of the politics.
1: Well, you know, you got uh, people that uh, never leave. They become county commissioners and, and things like that. And Mm -hmm. they get that mentality that they basically control everything and they get that feeling of this is mine. And they look at the county as if it belongs to them and nothing can happen unless you, you know, bow down to them. You can't get a job in the courthouse unless first you go and you basically promise your undying support to this person who might be a county commissioner Mm -hmm. or whatever. And I retired from the military and I come home and saw how bad my hometown was. And I realized that all these people that were supposedly leaders wasn't real leaders. And mm-hmm. I started challenging them and they didn't like that.
0: You know, it's, uh, it's, it's telling really because you sort of are seeing that across the board with the Republicans in general. I mean, they're sort of seeing their power disappearing because they can see the demographics are shifting against them. And so they're all reacting in that way with like, this is mine. You know, that this is mine approach is how the GOP is acting about it all of America right now
1: they're basically saying, okay, look, white people are no longer in the majority Mm. and we don't like that because we like being in control of everything. So here's what we're going to do. Instead of maybe going out and trying to reach the people and (laughs) figure out what they can do to win the support of the people, they're just saying, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make it really hard for people of color to be able to vote. We're going to shut down polling stations. We're going to make it to where they have to, you know, jump through hoops to get a certain type of identification. And if they don't have that type of identification, they don't get to vote. They're basically making it very hard for people that are light brown to dark brown to have the ability to vote in 2022 and 2024. And that's their plan. Let's just make it to where we deny access to the voters. It's so cynical
0: and it's so empty of any policy. I mean, they don't really stand for anything. They stand for, we're just gonna try to keep power.
1: That's it. I mean, you know, they're not reaching out to the people Mm -hmm. and saying, you know, this is what we can do. Right now, the United States of America is upside down in many ways. You know, Mm -hmm. we have strikes going on all over the country. And what's really messed up is that in these areas where these strikes are taking place, the legislators, instead of listening to these people and doing right by these people, they're looking at pushing legislation that makes it illegal for people to stand up for themselves. You know, Mm. teachers in West Virginia were told that it was illegal to strike. But in 2018, you know, we had the teacher strike in West Virginia and it was illegal. But five days later they won their fight, you Mm. know, because they said, we don't care about that. We're not going to let you push us around.
0: It's interesting that they're not allowed to strike, but they're also not allowed to introduce any any mandates or vaccines or masks in their in their schools too. I mean, if I it's, it's just you know the, the people who are the public servants are just getting squeezed everywhere in America.
1: Exactly, but the, see the bad part about that is is people have to remember. You know, I had no idea when I gave that speech in 2018 mm. that two days later we were going to have all 55 counties on strike in West Virginia. You know, but the sad part about this is is that, you know, these people absolutely, they got to be protected, mm-hmm. you know? And what we have is is we've got these elected officials that refuse to respect the teachers in our state. It's just an ugly situation that we have where they don't care. And the teachers don't have a voice. The teachers ended up re-electing all of the Republicans that stabbed them in the back. And hmm. I still to this day don't understand why they did that. They said they would remember in November. I was on the Van Jones show and I ended that interview with make no mistake about it in November, the teachers will remember in November and they reelected every Republican that stabbed him in the back. Hmm. You know, we had a legislator from Boone County, West Virginia, that one legislator of the year in West Virginia. And literally the following year he lost his election.
0: Wow. So what does that mean? What are, we, what are we going to take away from that? As, as everyone, all of us looking at these elections next year and even next Tuesday's elections, you know, a little terrified that no matter what the left does, no matter what Democrats do, no matter what the media does, people in the red states are just going to vote red.
1: Well, here's the thing. Everybody's got to make sure that they vote. What Mm. we have to do is we have to support organizations like mine that goes into these red rural districts and finds these people that are good candidates that Mm. can win in these areas. You know, we're not talking about R plus 54. We're talking about areas where it's R plus six. R plus nine, R plus 12. We can win those areas, mm-hmm. but we yeah. can't win them if the Democratic Party completely ignores them. The Democratic Party wants to spend $250 million in Kentucky against Mitch McConnell and against Lindsey Graham. You know, you're not, not going to win them. there.
0: They're not going to win gonna there.
1: They're not going to win those. So yeah. why did you waste $250 million mm-hmm. there? If you give me not even a fraction of that kind of money that I can spend in Utah, in Idaho, in Missouri, in Texas. I can flip red seats blue in those areas. They hmm. are great candidates in Missouri. We just have to find them and then convince them to throw their hat in the ring, and that's what we've been doing. And I will tell you right now, you know, Rimalard that's running against Madison Cawthorn. Yeah. Madison Cawthorn, obviously, you know, everybody now knows about Madison Cawthorn. He's got issues with sexual assault. Uh, Mm -hmm. he lies like you wouldn't believe Mm -hmm. he's a puppet, you know, and then we got Rimmel. He's a seditionist. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Then we got a guy that's running against him. Who's a two time combat veteran, you Mm. know, a very intelligent guy that's passionate about trying to help people. You know, that's what we got to have and we can beat him. You know, let's look at Matt Gaetz. Matt Gaetz has been a member of Congress for 12 years, I believe. He's Mm -hmm. never once pushed a single bill. He's Mm -hmm. never passed a single bill that brought opportunities to his people. You know, I mean, are you serious? Why do you keep electing these people? Jim Jordan has never passed a bill in 14 years Mm -hmm. for his constituents. You know, we've got to find people to run against these people and then say, look, you know, their focus is going to be to go to Washington, D.C. to bring opportunities back to your areas because that's what you need.
0: Thank you for spending your time with Narrative. And stay tuned. There's much more to this conversation in our next episode. Narrative is made possible by viewers and listeners like you who join at patreon.com forward slash narrative. Join today and support truly independent journalism. Patreon.com forward slash narrative.